I think for most of us, probably what amazes us most about the Gospels are the various miracles that our Lord works as he goes about his public ministry. And today we hear about a great number of miracles in Capernaum. Jesus not only healed Simon's mother-in-law, but then as he stayed there at the house, we hear that there's this great crowd gathered there and many people who are ill or possessed. And St. Mark tells us that he cured many who were sick with various diseases and he drove out many demons. And then at the very end of the gospel, we're told that as he went about to the other towns, he preached and drove out demons through the whole of Galilee. Almost a passing comment that Jesus, as he goes, is just working miracle after miracle after miracle. And even as we're amazed by this, I think sometimes, though, it can also prompt within us a kind of doubt or at least a question. We can think to ourselves, if this really is all true, then why don't we see miracles like this happening in our day? And I'd like to just share a few reflections with you this morning, some responses to that question. Those who reject Christianity altogether respond to that question by saying, well, the Gospels really aren't reliable accounts of things that actually happened in history. They're just inflated, exaggerated stories told by the followers of this rabbi named Jesus in order to promote their cause. And really to respond to that would require a whole different homily, but I'll simply say to you that there are in fact very good reasons for us to accept the Gospels as reliable accounts of what really happened during our Lord's earthly life. And so we'll just kind of set that aside for now. And I think another important thing for us to acknowledge up front is that while it's probably true that most of us have never witnessed miracles like this in our own lives, the fact is that they do still happen. Every saint that is canonized by the church is canonized only after one or two miracles have occurred through that saint's intercession with the Lord. And these miracles are studied meticulously by scientists and doctors to be sure that there's no natural scientific explanation for something that has occurred. So miracles do still happen. And it's pretty amazing to look up on the internet testimonies of people alive today who received miracles through the intercession of some of the recently canonized saints. But then in the gospel today, we find in Christ's own words an explanation, perhaps, that responds to this question. Why don't we see miracle after miracle happening in our day and age? The morning after these miracles happened there in Capernaum, the disciples have to go out looking for Jesus because he's snuck away to a deserted place where he can be alone with his father in prayer. And the disciples tell him, everyone is looking for you, implying let's go back into Capernaum. Apparently he made quite a splash there. If Jesus kept on doing what he was doing, 
He would have achieved celebrity status. He could have become the Taylor Swift or the Travis Kelsey of his day. (laughs) But what does Jesus say when the disciples ask him to come back? Let us go on. I'm not really interested in going back to achieve celebrity status. Let's go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. Interesting, he doesn't say so that I can work miracles there also. He says that I may preach there also. And then he says, for this purpose have I come. You see, what our Lord wanted to do more than wow people with these amazing miracles was he wanted to teach them to preach the truth, to share with them the fullness of divine revelation. And then ultimately, of course, he desired to offer his life in sacrifice for our salvation. When you think about it, the people there in Capernaum were probably left asking a question very much like our own. Why did he leave? Why have the miracles stopped? We need him and he's gone. So if miracles weren't Christ's main mission, if his deeper desire was to preach the truth and to save us by dying and rising from the dead, then why did he bother to work miracles at all? Why put on a show, if you will, from time to time? And we get a hint to the answer to this question in the very first miracle that our Lord worked. Do you remember what it was? It was at Cana. The wedding, when he changed water into wine. And John is the one, the evangelist John is the one who tells us about this miracle in his gospel. And at the very end, the evangelist writes this Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. Why did he work miracles? They were signs. What is a sign? A sign is something that doesn't point to itself. It points beyond itself to something else. Wentzville, 25 miles. We're not interested in the sign. We're interested in what it points to, aren't we? The miracles were signs meant to reveal his glory. They were signs meant to show people that he was the son of God the Messiah they had been waiting for because he wanted people to believe in him after seeing the signs so that they would open themselves to everything he desired to teach them. And above all, so that they would open themselves to the gift he really wanted to give them. Ultimately, what Jesus desired to give the people of his time and what he desires to give to us is not a life of earthly comfort, not an easy life. His desire is not to remove all sorrow and suffering from our lives. His desire is to give us eternal life. His desire is to save us. And the miracles are merely signs of this. The people that he healed in Capernaum on that day, they were going to get sick again, and they were going to die. Even the people that Jesus raised from the dead in the gospel, 
they were going to die again. Not because our Lord was a failure, but because this wasn't ultimately his deepest desire for us. And in the end, here's the beautiful thing. Those miracles that Jesus worked in Capernaum 2,000 years ago, they weren't just for the people who he cured of disease and freed from demonic possession. And the miracles weren't even just for that particular crowd that witnessed them firsthand. They were also for us. He worked those miracles in Capernaum for you and for me. This is why the evangelists wrote them down. This is why the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to record the Gospels so that you and I also could come to faith because of the things that Jesus did on earth 2,000 years ago. His miracles then are also signs for us, inviting us to faith, inviting us to put our trust completely in him. And here's the last thing I'll say this morning about miracles. You and I are about to witness one. The Mass is so ordinary and so familiar that we're always in danger of forgetting this. In a few moments, bread and wine is going to become God on this altar. We are going to be invited to worship God, not up there in the heavens, but down here on earth on the altar of our parish church. And even invited to take God into ourselves in Holy Communion. You see, my friends, we're not deprived of anything because Jesus doesn't walk down our aisle and heal someone in front of us. He is right here with us. The one who worked those miracles in Capernaum 2,000 years ago. He's with us in the joys and sorrows of this life, offering us the gift of eternal life. And really, the only response that we can give to that is to say, thanks be to God. And to offer him our hearts, to offer him our faith as we meet him here today. St. Patrick, pray for us.